coming up on today's podcast. When we hear of arranged marriages, we think, well, the woman is forced to marry the man. It's not true. If you read about Abraham and Isaac and Abraham sending his his uh, servant to set up a, a wedding for Isaac, he finds the woman and he says, are you willing to marry her? That's what the Holy Spirit does. It's an arranged marriage. Charisma Podcast Network presents Pastor Larry Huck as he reveals God's prophetic plan for Israel, the Jews and Christians, and shares the historic, biblical, and spiritual reasons for standing with Israel. Now, here's Larry Huck. In the time of Jesus, marriages were arranged. Someone in in another village... And you were in a village 30 miles away. You send someone to talk to the individual person to arrange a marriage between their daughter and their son. Now, this is exactly what happens with us with Jesus. In John 15, it says, No man calls Jesus Lord unless the Spirit draws them. You weren't walking down the road one day and said, you know what, I believe I'll accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. No, you didn't. The Holy Spirit set that up. It's an arranged marriage. Now, the amazing thing is, and when we hear of arranged marriages, we think, well, the woman is forced to marry the man. It's not true. If you read about Abraham and Isaac and Abraham sending his his uh, servant to set up a, a wedding for Isaac, he finds the woman and he says, are you willing to marry her? That's what the Holy Spirit does. It's an arranged marriage. i I'll be honest with you, when I got saved, I wasn't looking for Jesus. Jesus was looking for me, but I'm the one who had to say, yes, I will join into this relationship. That's up to us. The Holy Spirit will bring circumstances and situations and he'll arrange the marriage, but it's up to each and every one of us to say whether or not we do that. In our society, you get engaged to someone. She's not your wife. You're just engaged. But in the time of Jesus, when you got engaged, she now is your Isha. She's your wife. Now, the ceremony is going to take place down the line. But there is a legal contract once the engagement takes place that says she is no longer available. And that these two, even though they're not together yet, these two are legally bound to each other. So now the son leaves his village and he comes and meets her for the first time. When he comes and meets her, they didn't give rings in those days. They gave 10 coins that were made into a headband. And she wore these everywhere she went. And she is saying, I am taken. How many people treat their relationship with Jesus lightly? How many people don't understand the price that's been paid for us? Even though we haven't met him yet, we still love him. And then we begin to treat shabbily our relationship. 
So the husband, the, the, the husband to be comes and gives her these, these ten coins, which represents the ten sephirot, the ten powers of God, the ten blessings of God on us, the ten blessings of a husband to a wife. And when he pays this price, he has to give it in front of her family, the neighbors, strangers that are around. He does it publicly. And when he pays this price, in Hebrew it's called the tanim. But the word tanim in this case has a little yod in it. And the little yod means what? The presence of God. So this is, when we get married, we, we say, till death do us part, the price has been paid in full. It is finished. He has to go fulfill a promise. I'm going to my father's house and prepare a place for you. That's what Jesus said to us. The bride then would say, when are you returning? What did Jesus say? It's not in my hands. Only the father knows. It's up to my father. And so he leaves and she is not obligated to be with him until he builds her a place to live. Even while I'm gone, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. You'll want for nothing. Just stay faithful. Stay faithful. Because while he's over in the other village, the father who decides when who decides when the marriage will take place, the father has spies watching the woman. That's the Holy Spirit. But on that day and the hour no man knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray, for you do not know when the time is. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. And what I say to you, I say to you all, watch. Watch. This is out of a wedding, Jewish wedding book. A bridegroom usually comes at nighttime, usually around midnight. Why midnight? It's the middle of the night. Most people are sleeping. The father of the bridegroom says, all right, now is the time. The servant stands near the woman's house, blows the shofar. And as he blows the shofar, he shouts these words, behold, the bridegroom cometh. I don't know if the bridegroom's coming right now, but what we're seeing is the wake-up call of God saying, I love you so much, I don't want you to miss what's about to happen. Listen, I'm going to prophesy to you. The next four years is going to be life-changing. Good or bad, it's going to be life-changing. For us who are hearing the, blow, the blowing of the shofar, the us who are saying, you know what? I need to wake up. I need to get back to serving God. I need to pay my tithes. I need to make sure widows and orphans are taken care of. I need to open my Bible up once in a while, not just when the preacher comes over and the dust goes flying. I need to read the Word of God. I need to wake up because it's at midnight when the blowing of the shofar takes place. Listen to this, 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, 
with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God. Matthew 25, 6. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. And so here the bride is just going through her normal night. She's asleep. The bride would hear the blowing of the shofar. And she would hear the shout, the bridegroom cometh. She would jump up and run out and grab her lamp and light it. Because the light was a sign. If the husband saw no light burning, he said she's not faithful. And he would go back home. Wake up. Stand up. Be counted. She would run out. Lighter lamps say, I'm ready. Five of them said, can, can we have some of your oil? No. I can't give you my oil. The bridegroom would grab her, bring her to his house. And the hoopah would be set up. This is the Feast of Tabernacles. The hoopah would be set up. The Feast of Tabernacles would last seven days. We just ended. The last day is the great day. You're going to see next week that the party begins right now. The end of the party isn't for seven more days. One day is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. But the party, it may be a shadow. But the party begins right now for everyone who's invited to the wedding supper. Stand with me all over the building. Grab your Bibles, and I want to show you something. Go with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 7. Let us be glad... And rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints." Now look at verse 9. Then he said to me, write. Now look at me right, just look at me. I was studying this and I found a teaching on Spurgeon. Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers in the history of the world. And he said, think about this. The angel of God has been speaking to John, the book of Revelations. He's been talking a long time. We're already to 19. And after he's been giving the book of Revelations, the angel stops and says, John, write this down. He didn't tell him to write anything else down. What I'm about to tell you, write this down. Because I don't want you winging this. I don't want you to be close on this. This is so important, I want you to write this down. Now watch what he says. Then he said to me, write. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, 
These are the true sayings of God. Now let me prepare you for next week. We just saw the whole thing preparing for the wedding supper, right? The engagement, the price has been paid, it's finished. The vessels are full of oil, we're ready to go. The teaching that Jesus gave on the wedding supper was, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like this. There was a king who prepared a wedding for his son. Right? Who's the king? It's all right, you know it, say it. The father, God, the heavenly father. Who's the son? Who's the lamb? Jesus. But then he says something here. He said, there is the bride, and there are those who are invited to the wedding. The father's the king. The son is the lamb. The wedding supper of the lamb. Anybody here getting married soon? Anybody here getting married soon? Anybody just get married? You got married yesterday? Your daughter got married. Okay, so in preparing for that, did you invite people to come? Yeah? So inviting people to come, did you invite your daughter to come? No. If you're getting married, you're going to send out invitations. Does the bride and the groom get an invitation? No, because they are the wedding. But blessed are, write this down. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding. You have the Father, who's the King. You have Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb. But then you have two other parties. You have the bride and those who are invited. Who's the bride and who's the invited guest? The truth you know will set you free. It's a revelation you don't want to miss. But, you know, as we close, and I'm, I'm already one minute over, I went to an Orthodox teaching. And I said, what's involved with an engagement? At the, at the time of the engagement, they leave the family to take care of the flowers, the food, the plates, the sending out of the invitations, that engagement period is a time that the man and the woman prepare themselves spiritually where those two will become one. They're not to worry about the details. They're to seek God. They're to call upon the Lord. And they're, they're to... What they do during this engagement period will determine what happens once the wedding takes place. We're somewhere close to the wedding taking place. God wants to make sure you and I are spiritually prepared for what's about to take place. So I'd like to have every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, just for a moment. We're not bringing anybody forward. And you're here and you'd say, Pastor Larry... I have to admit that perhaps my vessel has run a little dry.
And God's brought you here or you're watching right now so that he can wake you up. So that before the trumpet sounds for the last time, before the, the, the angel shouts, get ready, the Messiah comes. Before that happens, you can say, my vessel is full. That's the reason for the month of Elul. That's the reason for the birth pangs. That's the reason I believe God is allowing us to see what the world would like, be like just with a little taste without the presence of God here. So as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around. You're here and say, Pastor, would you remember me in prayer? I want to receive or rededicate my life. I want to refill my vessel so that I am spiritually ready for when the bridegroom comes. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around. If you want me to remember you in prayer, lift your hand up all over the building. And just keep it there because I want everybody to come in agreement. I see that hand, 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 that hand. Just keep them up. That hand, 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 that hand. Keep them up. That and that hand, 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 that hand. Just keep them up. That hand, 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 that hand. Give them a great big clap offering. Before we close in prayer, and I have a word for a couple people, let me tell you something. Serving God is not like an emergency box. Oh, a house is on fire, we go pull it and the sprinklers come on. That's not serving God. When, when I was saying, I see that hand, that hand, that hand, I know there are people here that you are, well, man, I, I, that scares me. I better be right with God. It's supposed to scare you. It's supposed to scare you. That's that's the reason for the birth pangs. You know, you start feeling the birth pangs, you don't go, I think I'll put a pizza in the oven. No, the one that's in the oven's about to come out. Right? That's what this is all about, to make it serious. But let's say it's false labor. The corona, the riding in the streets... Biden doesn't get elected. It's fault. Let's say it's false labor. Well, what good does it do? Well, what if we all of a sudden walked into the hospital room, Luke and Jen, Lion, seven months old, Tiz and I, Anna, Brandon, Katie, the doctor, the nurses, the chaplain walk in. They said, we've got some terrible news. Lion has a very rare form of leukemia. Wait, 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 wait. I got to get my oil full. Our vessels were still full. And that's what happens with so many of you. You hear something. I'm leaving you. Oh, I better get my, oh God, please. So many times it's, it's too late to try to get your vessel full. See, serving God is not just about getting to heaven. 
Serving God is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you? Sitting in the waiting room eight hours while Tiz is in surgery. The surgeon comes down and says, Tiz was full of cancer. We had to take out seven of her organs. We'll start her on... She'll feel like she's been run over by a truck. We sit in his office. He says, we'll begin treatments. If it doesn't work, we have a drug that may give you a year. But three months. Oh, please, Lord, fill my vessel. No, our vessels were full. Why call me Lord, have a vessel... And don't do what I say. He has nothing but great for us. Nothing but good. Let's serve him with all of our hearts. Amen. Say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You paid the price in full. For all my sin, right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Father, I ask you, fill my vessel with the anointing and the presence of God in my life, my home, my family, and my finances. And I declare, me and my family, we will serve God the Lord. How many are ready for the coming of the Messiah and the blessing of God? Give the Lord a great big clap. Thank you for listening to today's podcast on Standing with Israel with Pastor Larry Huck. Learn more about Larry Huck Ministries, the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, and how to give a gift today to support and bless the Jewish people at lhmpodcast.org. That's lhmpodcast.org. Or call 1-800-204-6545. That's 1-800-204-6545. Your prayers and generous support are making a difference and helping us to repair a broken world. Join us next week for another Standing with Israel podcast with Pastor Larry Huck.